Thank you, uh, Pastor Karen. Um, who is Jesus? That's the question that we're going to look at over the next five weeks. And it's a question that has a simple answer, but yet that simple answer creates with it some complexity, if I'm honest. And you might feel that the same. And as we, as we unpack this a little bit more, you'll, you'll, you'll hear some of, of, of why I am saying that. In, in order to be a disciple of Christ, you've got to know him. Um, but when we talk about knowing Jesus, what, what do we actually mean? Uh, to start simply, knowing Jesus really means accepting that he is who he says that he is. That is, that he is the Messiah, that he came to earth and he died on the cross to reconcile all who believe in him with the Father. And you might think, well, there you go. That's, that's the answer to our question, who is Jesus? Maybe we can take the next five weeks off. Not quite. Um, that is the simple answer, yes. You see, to know Jesus in the way that I just mentioned, in the way that we, we want to know Jesus, it means that we really, really want to know Jesus and we want to know him more. Um, because, trust me, none of us know Jesus as well as we should. None of us know Jesus as well as we want to, or as well as we should want to. So yes, uh, we'll be continually hearing throughout this time that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah, the one who came to save us all. And how we should be responding to him, not only through our mouths in calling him Lord, but, but also in our hearts and, and also in our actions reflecting those very words. But we be going further. We're going to be going further and further as we look through this first chapter of Mark's Gospel and we study it uh, uh, in order to try and get to know Jesus better. Because ultimately, um, we want to know him so we can be transformed more by him. We want to be able to respond to what God is saying to us now through this text, both individually and corporately. See, Pastor Karen has just read for us the words of, of Jesus coming to John to be baptised. An event that really kind of starts uh, Jesus' public ministry. He was early, early 30s when he came to John to be baptised. And in Luke's Gospel, we're given a time frame for that, um, historically, as being the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was ruler in Galilee. We know that Jesus uh, grew up in Nazareth. Matthew's Gospel, as account, has Jesus being taken to Egypt uh, for a short time, uh, prior to then returning to Nazareth after Joseph had been told in a dream that Herod the Great, Herod uh, Antipas, that's the, the ruler of Galilee that we've just looked at, um, that there was... Jesus was able to come back because Herod the Great had died. His son, Herod Antipas, is the Herod who is ruler of Galilee when Jesus is baptised. And as Pastor Karen read for us, 
Jesus came to be baptized by John. Matthew shares a bit more of this of this truth. Uh, there's a conversation between John and Jesus where John says, I'm not worthy to do this. Uh, he says in verses um, 11, I, I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me and I am not worthy to uh, carry his sandals. So here's this exchange between John and between uh, Jesus. And, and John says, I need to be baptized by you, but you come to me. Um, but John acts out of obedience and he baptizes Jesus. Jesus says, let it be so now. For it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. So John baptizes Jesus. But let's backtrack just slightly to what he said was the simple answer to our question. What is that simple answer to the question? If Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah, the one who comes to save, then why does he need to be baptized in a baptism of repentance as John his ministry is built on? Well, the answer is he didn't. But it was done to fulfill all righteousness. And that means to be in line with God's mission. Jesus was baptized not because he needed to repent, because he'd never sinned, so he had nothing to repent for. But because he was confessing on behalf of the nation, on behalf of the world to which he was going to the cross for. He was supporting John's ministry and letting everyone else see of how important it was. He was siding with the people of Israel who were going through this very cycle of repentance and stepping into action, being baptized and turning a new leaf, as opposed to that of the Pharisees who were just standing by and watching and not engaging. See, Jesus did not need to be baptized, but he did it to fulfill all righteousness. What happens after his baptism is incredibly important for us as well. And we've got to really take note of this. And this is the only place that the whole of Scripture, in the whole of Scripture, where we have the Godhead explicitly stated at being present in the same place at the same time. Sure, we get elsewhere references that the Father, the Son and the Spirit were all involved in creation, for example. God spoke life into being. The Spirit hovered over the water. Genesis 1 tells us that. And Christ was involved in creation as John 1.3 and, and Colossians 1.16 tell us. But here is the one time when we see the Father speaking words the sun coming out of the water and the spirit descending in the form of a dove, all at the same time in the same place, explicitly stated in Scripture. And this happens to confirm the sonship of Jesus. He's been obedient in following that father's mission. And now there is affirmation being spoken over him by the father and the spirit is resting upon him. And following this moment, we read that immediately he was driven out into the wilderness by the Spirit. And let us think about that for a moment. His obedience, and for that obedience he receives the Father's affirmation, 
but then the spirit resting on him drives him into the into the wilderness where he is tempted being clear it is not that the spirit is tempting him or even leading him into temptation when we pray in the lord's prayer lead me not into temptation and jesus himself taught us to pray that and the same is true here for jesus he's being driven into the wilderness yes i see this as confirming jesus's humanity he is god's son Yes, he is fully God, but he is also fully man. And as he is fully man, this time in the wilderness was key for his ministry. The affirmation from the Father, it continued with the angels waiting on him as he was in the wilderness. And I see Jesus spending days, days and nights in conversation with the Father. And yes, as scripture tells us, when he was there, he was tempted by the devil. Elsewhere in scripture, we're told what these temptations uh, looked like, the, the different forms that they took. But for now, I want us to concentrate on the fact that Jesus was fully human. And as such, he needed to experience temptation. The spirit is with him. And it knows that the, te that the temptations will come. The devil is wanting to try to, to stop the plan of salvation before it, it gets going. He wants to squash it at the outset. And we can all relate to this. We can all relate to temptation as being part of our life. I am weak. I am so very weak. But in my weakness, God's strength is found. Think for a moment, where are you really weak at the moment? put my hands up I'm weak when it comes to good British chocolate and uh, the way that that milky chocolate just melts in your mouth and it takes a lot for me not to eat a whole box once that box is open and sometimes th the box goes quickly and other times I'm able to hold off a little bit uh, but sometimes it goes really quickly as was the case a couple of weeks ago <laughs> and Jody wasn't very happy with me um, that temptation was there and I succumbed to it. Um, but other, other temptations have more catastrophic consequences. For Jesus, these temptations were trying to disrupt who he is and why he came. What temptations can you see in your life which are trying to do that? trying to undermine who you are or what your mission is. Because we too are children of God. We too have a mission given us by God. And if you want to look a bit more about what that might be for you, then that retreat which Mickey and Anne will be leading on the 30th is really going to help engage in some of those questions. Because the devil will do whatever he can to undermine that mission that God has given you. In the same way that he is trying to undermine in our reading Jesus' mission. To try and tempt us into thinking that we are not worthy. Just as John thought himself not worthy to baptise Jesus. But it was needed to be done to fulfil all righteousness. 
need to hear the mission. You need to be obedient to the mission so that righteousness can be fulfilled. See, you are worthy. You are loved. No matter what's going on in your life right now, no matter what you're feeling, you're worthy. You're loved. And if you hear nothing else today, hear those words and let those words really sink in. Jesus, he knew his identity and he lived into it. He sat with it. He came out of the water, the words were spoken over him by the Father and the Spirit descended on him. And because of that, even before that, he set out to fulfill all righteousness because he knew who he was. It started with his baptism, it continued with those 40 days that he spent in the wilderness. He humbled himself to be baptised by John so that those who come to be saved by him could relate to him. He was tempted in the desert so that those who are tempted now and come to him knowing that the strength to overcome temptation is only in him, but where they fail and they fall, they can come in repentance and receive forgiveness from him. He went through that temptation so that we could relate to him. I believe right now he is wanting you to relate to him, to be able to see him in yourself, to be able to know the truth that you are a child of God. That the words that the Father had spoken over Jesus at his baptism, he speaks over you today. Step into that. Believe that. You are a child of God with whom he is well pleased. Let the Spirit descend on you. Call out in your weakness. Acknowledge that there is no way that you can do this alone. And that the only way is with him. Because temptation will come. It will continue to come time and time again. But it doesn't mean that you have to give in to it. Jesus can be your guide. He can be your comfort. He is your saviour. If you call on him, he will be your saviour because he has been through it. He's been through what you're going through. He's been through what you've been through. And he's been through what you will go through. So yes, Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah, the one who has come so that all who believe in him may have eternal life. But he is so, so much more than that as well. And as we continue in the weeks to come, we'll unpack other parts of his ministry and see what we can glean from that for us today to help us step into and live into that core belief that Jesus is the Son of God.